0: Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight.
1: Joining us on the phone today, not in person, but that's okay, we have Katie DePala who is with Bo's Effort, which is a local nonprofit, which is really dedicated to, and I'll I'll use your slogan, but breaking the stigma of mental illness through awareness, and I want to thank you for your time today, and I'm looking forward to learning all about Bo's Effort. How are you?
2: Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I know. It's a shame we couldn't meet face to face. The weather actually is looking a little bit iffy, so it's probably best that we're doing this on the phone.
2: Well, luckily we can get a lot done with technology these days.
1: That is for sure. Well, Bo's Effort. Now, I want to give out the website right out. It's B O S E F F O R T dot org. And it's that's correct. And it's B O apostrophe S Effort. You know, tell me about it. Who is Bo and where, what is Bo's Effort?
2: Sure. So this year marks seven years since we lost Bo. Bo is my brother and he passed when he was 20 years old. So he would have turned 27 this past March. And we honor his passing as we carry on his legacy by telling his story. So when my brother passed, he passed from an accidental overdose and he passed in my parents' home in Davidsonville, Maryland. And you know, it was it was a, a massive tragedy for our family. And what happened was our community really rallied around not only our family but this larger mission. Because we'll we'll get into this, I'm sure. But overdose is a huge problem in Anne Arundel County. Um, There's a lot happening in Anne Arundel County and in the Annapolis area to combat that. There's a lot happening around mental health. And my brother did struggle with his mental health. But, you know, we didn't really know what was going on. And as it happens with a lot of families, by the time we really understood, it was was too late. And so we lost Bo. But I really feel like a big part of my brother's purpose is to continue to impact other people and save lives. My parents and I get messages from people all the time saying that both story touched them and that, you know, someone that they know is taking their mental health more seriously, or, um, you know, they've gotten clean or different things and nothing will ever bring back my brother. But I, I sleep well at night knowing that our family and our friends and our community are doing something about it.
1: It's so powerful. <laughs> well 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 it, it, it is. And it's very powerful that you you know can take such tragedy and, and and turn it around and there, you know, is a wonderful person who's been out of everybody's life for seven years now that is still having such an impact on them, which is, has got to be very, very comforting to you and your parents and
2: your whole family, I would think. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm the kind of person that feels that we all have a purpose on this planet. And, you know, some people might think this is a little bit weird, but I feel like Bo's purpose is continuing on and it that has to happen through something, right? Like, We talk as people about leaving a legacy and wanting our lives to mean something and to matter. And so to me, the biggest gift that we can give my brother is taking charge of this movement and making tangible change in his name and in his honor.
1: Right, right. Well, you know, and I, I, I want to hate to use this term, but I mean, the mental health problem is really an epidemic. And I hate the term epidemic, especially since we're coming off of COVID, but it is such a problem. And on the good side, it seems that we're hearing a lot more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, uh, I don't want to say rest in peace, because I think it may be coming back, but the Anne Arundel Medical Center, or Luminous Health, which they're called now, has mm-hmm. their denims and diamonds. And for several years, it was benefiting the McNew, the campus and everything else for mental health, which was something Mm -hmm. that Anne Arundel County was lacking, you know, sorely lacking for many, many years. I mean, if somebody, uh, you know, had a mental health problem, uh, they were shipped up to up to Baltimore if there were beds and, you know, for a short amount of time and everything else. And we just didn't have the capacity to handle it. And it's a problem that's manifesting itself in so many different ways, I think. Yeah,
2: it's a huge problem. And you know, one of the things I want to talk about that Bose effort has dedicated a lot of its energy and, and also its financial resources towards, we, we've had a big, we fulfilled on a, a, a big pledge towards the J. Kent McNew Family Medical Center, which is a standalone mental health facility that actually provides inpatient and outpatient mental health services through Anne Arundel Medical Center. So you're right. This is something that there is becoming a lot more attention around and thank goodness because you know they had plans to open right before covid struck and then when covid struck the need became even greater so thank god they continued with their plans because they've been full since they opened
1: wow i hadn't heard that statistic that's staggering yeah um, and, and 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 it's not enough because i know you hear about the other you know, organizations that are around the county um whether they be you know recovery homes and and things like that that are you know, dealing with that in you know sort of on the peripheral but they um they're all they're all full and i mean the, right. the problem it it's a tidal wave that's coming over our community That we need to get our hands on. And I mean, Anne Arundel County is pretty good as far as I mean, we've got the crisis response teams and everything else. But as you mentioned, if you don't know, there's a crisis that needs responding to you're really starting off behind the eight ball. Yeah. And as we know, you know, any kind of mental health, it, it can manifest itself in any number of different ways. I mean, it can be depressions It can jump into, you know, to drug use and, you know, you've got sexuality, you've got all, all these other dynamics that are coming into it that we've in the past just sort of ignored, um, you know, little, little Timmy is he's, he's the weird kid, uh, whatever it may be. And we don't know what it is. And then that that's a problem.
2: Well, I think that's actually worth speaking about for a minute, because when I was growing up, when we'd hear stories of things like this happening in other people's families, like it was very much like, Oh, what's going on over there. Right. And I grew up in like a very normal family. I mean, no one's family is normal, but I grew up in a, <laughs> in a family business, I grew up with so much love with so much support. And like, you know, you can see this when you go to the website, but like Bo was like so handsome. Like people are he was so I mean, he's my brother. I don't want to be weird, but like he was so cute and he had these major dimples and he was like the class clown, always making everyone laugh. Like it, it it's it's like, you know, dysfunction when we think of it, we imagine something that maybe we see in movies or and like it just wasn't like that. Like there were definitely signs, but you know eventually, I guess I want to speak about this because I think of like parents of children who you know could could avoid this a lot sooner and get their kids' help much sooner, right? So what I believe happened with Bo is that he start started self medicating at a young age with like, you know, the kinds of ways that a lot of kids do like nothing that's you know crazy or out of the box like just experimenting and i think he had some anxiety maybe some depression. I don't know. He never got diagnosed with anything, but my mom, you know, will say looking back, like he had some anxiety about going to school sometimes or, but it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Like he wasn't having like, you know, meltdowns or whatever you might imagine. It's not like our house was super chaotic or my parents were busy. They were running a business. There was a lot going on, but my mom was you know, home with us and very present. And like my dad coached all of of our sports. Like our parents were very, very involved. And like, we come from a good family. And I think it's important for people to know that because mental health doesn't look the way that we might imagine that it looks. And what happened was, you know, eventually I think between Bo's attempts to self-medicate And then whatever was naturally happening in his brain and in his body, he later, I think it was when he was 18, was diagnosed as having bipolar illness. And so that was eventually the diagnosis that, that we got to. But, you know, even then, like the things that people might imagine if they haven't had that in their lives, then, you know, through a family member or friends, like it just was like, he would sleep a lot sometimes. And then at other times he would have a lot of energy, like so I just think it's so important for people to to know that we have to look deeper than what we think might be going on with someone. And I, I don't even know if Bo really knew that he needed help or what kind of help, but, you know, and obviously we, we all live with wishful thinking of how things had gone or, you know, hindsight's 2020, but if we had known earlier that, there were resources. And to your point, John, I think there's becoming more and more resources. I don't know how many resources there were, gosh, 15 years ago when maybe both started struggling, but like today, there's a lot more and it's much more talked about. And so we need to talk about it.
1: Well, the stigma is slowly starting to ease. And, you know, as you, as you mentioned with Bo, it was, you know, you, you, I don't want to use the term, but you had this perfect family. I mean, and and on the outside, I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, I, I don't know how old you are, but when I was growing up, when you heard about heroin and stuff like that, you know, that wasn't the the good people. That was that was the the, the homeless people on the streets and living in the cardboard boxes. And, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, you, you hear about, oh, the mental illnesses or whatever they may be. Oh, you know, and, and you've heard the, the slurs. Oh, she's psycho. She's whack. Whatever it is. And but that was always in some other neighborhood that was always in some other community. It wasn't within our circle of friends. And and I don't say our meaning yours and mine, but who's ever, it was always someplace else. But now we realize that mental illness, uh, much like COVID doesn't know any boundaries. It doesn't matter whether you're rich, white, black, gay, straight, uh, Asian, what, you know, it doesn't, it makes no difference. And yeah,
2: it doesn't discriminate.
1: It can in, in, you infest you and it's so I understand that it's so difficult I've got a friend of mine that is gay and he spent most of his life married having kids mm-hmm. and everything else and and I I sit there and think how has he lived his life His, you know decades With this giant secret and how has that torn him apart inside? And, you know, there was somebody who was silent for literally decades, probably wishing for somebody to lend up, you know, put a hand out. Hey, help me. And then there's others that are that it's fairly obvious. But I mean, how do you with the experience that you've gotten with the with Bo's effort and your personal experience? I mean, what can we do to offer a helping hand to somebody that we feel may be in need of it?
2: Yeah, well, I think the number one thing, John, is to take care of our own mental health and make sure that, you know, we're putting on our own oxygen masks first and that we're prioritizing ourselves and that like we are truly healthy people because there's a lot of talk about how to be physically healthy and physical wellness. But I'm really interested in addition to that in mental health and mental wellness even the term mental health in and of itself, you know, it comes with all of these stigmas, like you said. And when we talk about something like mental wellness, which people don't use that term very often, but I like it, you know, are we really mentally? Well, are we happy? Are we, you know, thinking positively? Are we, being a positive force to the people around us. I think that's really important to start with ourselves and to take responsibility because a lot of times we think other people, you know, it's, it's other people are the problem, but really there's always work that we can do on ourselves as well, whether that means going to therapy or doing some kind of personal development, but really looking in the mirror first. I think that's the first thing. The next thing I think is understanding the resources that are available to us. And, you know, not having judgments around them. So in addition to our partnership with Anne Arundel Medical Center, Luminous Health, Luminous Health, I'm saying that wrong, but um,
1: that's that's hard. That's hard to figure it out. I I still don't have it right.
2: L L H A A M C. um, In addition to our partnership with the hospital, we also do a lot with NAMI and Arundel County. And so like NAMI is a nonprofit that offers a lot of classes and support groups. And like, I would just urge people to go before you think you have a problem. Like once you have a problem on your hands and you know, you have a problem on your hands, whether it's your partner, yourself, your child, a friend, et cetera. Like it's not that it's too late, but like we, we want to get ahead of these things. So just going and learning. If you have family history of mental health, of substance abuse, you know, going to some of these classes and learning more about what you're actually dealing with so that you can see the signs in a child or in a partner or in a family member or in a friend and understanding what support groups and what education actually is
1: at our fingertips. That's great advice. I mean, because I don't know if I could recognize, and that's one of the things that I personally struggle with, that a neighbor, a friend, you know, a a partner, a child or something like that. I I don't know that I would be able to recognize somebody that was struggling if they didn't want to come to me and say, hey, dad, hey, John, whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Can you talk me through this? And right. and and that's just something that we as a community, as a larger community, need to just be a lot more aware of. That there are plenty of people that are struggling in obviously various, I guess, levels of struggle. But we need to reach out to them. We need to offer them help, whether it be just to be a friend, be a shoulder to cry on. I mean, that's a, a term that's been around for you know hundreds of years. Uh, sometimes that's all it may take, but other times, you know, it may take some intervention, it may take some counseling, it may take some, you know, some hospital treatment. And we've just got to get used to it, that this is something that's, that's here and present and
2: we need to deal with it. Right. And sometimes, John, like to your point, it's just about asking someone, how are you? Like, and when they say fine, say, how are you really? There's a commercial I can't remember like who sponsors it right now, but it's basically all these different scenarios of friends asking each other, like, how are you, how how are you really, what's really going on? Talk to me, you know, because people shut down, people go into avoidance mode. Like we know that there was an increase in suicides during COVID. We know that there was an increase in opioid overdoses nationwide And then there's this massive concentration of this in Anne Arundel County. And so we we need to be really genuinely concerned about our friends and neighbors and, of course, also our family members, and then be aware of what resources there are so that we can help people get help.
1: True. Well, I want to get back a little bit to Bo's effort. And I mean, you guys are working on awareness. I mean, obviously you partnered with the uh, movers and shakers in Anne Arundel County to be able to to get that message out. But, you know, how can we support you? How can we support your effort in Bo's effort?
2: Yeah, I love that. So obviously going to Bo's effort dot org and donating, learning more, getting involved in some way. Um, If this is, you know, if this is a story that you're connected to or something you're passionate about, we'd love to hear from you and work together in some way. We have an annual tournament every year. So it's usually every May and um, usually around the anniversary of Bo's passing. But for us, like this is a happy day. It's a day that we get to celebrate Bo's life. We get to tell his story and we get to provide education and guidance to create change. So Everything that gets donated to Bo's Effort, all of the fundraising that we do, 100% goes back to the community. And to date, we have given over um, $400,000, it will be over 500000 by the end of this tournament this year, to initiatives in Anne Arundel County around mental health. A lot of that has gone to the J. Kent McNew Family Medical Center. Like I spoke about, we fulfilled on a $150,000 pledge to them. That's a really, really important thing to know that it exists. We've funded quite a few nursing scholarships. So there are different types of nurses that need to be available and on staff in these types of organizations. And so we've helped to fund that. And then another thing that we've done is donated to Scholarships for Scholars, which is an organization that helps distribute scholarships to students going you know, entering college and we specifically have sponsored students who are going who are from Arundel County and are studying mental health in some capacity. So maybe they're going to be a psychiatrist maybe they're going to be a social worker, um, but they have a story with mental health, whether it's them or their family, or it's something that they're passionate about. So we'd love for you to get involved. We'd love for you to play in the golf tournament next year. We'd love for you to come to our dinner, be part of our auction, or again, to to donate anything that you can towards this mission.
1: Well, it goes without saying, obviously, that you are a 501c3 or some other yes. sort of, some other sort of IRS
2: yeah. <laughs> n- number yes, there. And you can also write it off on your taxes. Right. So there's a benefit.
1: Right. Well, it, you know, you, you said that, you know, you wanted to hear from people that if you're somehow connected to, and I, you know, I've got to go back to that and say that we're all connected to that in some way. I mean, yeah. we, we uh, you know, we know somebody that's struggling, whether we know it or not, we know somebody that has. Uh, you know, passed away that have looked at self-harm that is, you know, going through with whatever struggles. And I feel so bad for the kids today that are coming off of the, uh, I mean, granted they're going into a very uh, lucrative and a pro-employee job market, but uh, these are the kids that have had two years of their high school or their college interrupted by COVID. They're sitting there at home. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I know so many friends that, didn't adapt to that work from home thing at all. And I, I mean, I've right. been, I've been working from home for a while. And I remember when I first said, this, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> you know, I'm, I've right. got, I, I've got this down. Uh, but you, you do need, you know, COVID put us all at home for a while. I mean, I, when it first hit, right. I said, okay, two weeks, we'll muscle down, we'll we'll deal with it. And then it turned mm-hmm. into two years. And it was like, okay, well, now what? And, you know, it it's there's so much that that has really caused. I mean, as you mentioned, the overdoses, the suicides, the depression, mm-hmm. the, and the need just keeps growing. And I I somewhat liken this to the food bank that we've done some work with. But you think that, okay, the you know, COVID is sort of waning a little bit and the need for food pantries and stuff like that's not but it's not. You know, there are people that are still going hungry. You've got inflation, you've got everything else. And and we need to, f- right. we need to find out who these people are that are struggling and bring them the help they need. And, you know, in terms of mental health, and at least from my point of view, uh, it really doesn't have to be a huge intervention, if you will, if you can identify it. It is just, as you said, Hey, how are you? No, really? Mm-hmm. How are you? Yeah. You, you, let's get a cup of coffee and let's talk about it. Um, And and go from there. Right.
2: Yeah. And, And you talk about covid and like what covid has done is it's created a lot of isolation. And so let's say someone dealt with, you know, just like a low level of of anxiety pre covid. What covid could do is create more social anxiety for them because they get out of the pattern. They get out of the habit. Right. Covid has also shaken up a lot of our routines. Like we used to go to the office. That was a big place that we got. You know, social engagement and community and built our networks and felt supported. And if that doesn't exist anymore, it's going to impact people. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're feeling alone in any way, again, it doesn't have to be like this big dramatic thing, but like, you have to check in with yourself and it's an opportunity to get involved with community to, you know, plug into things that are going on outside of your home. Because if we're working in our homes and never leaving and not engaging with the outside world, that is going to to run us into a depression. Like that's actually normal. You know what I mean? Like it's normal for, for the things in the world to impact us.
1: Sure, and I mean so, we're we're so, we're social creatures and, and by right. that by that I don't mean social media. I mean that's that's just probably the world's worst thing that's well, around there,
2: but and I mean actually it's funny that you say that because I made a note about that too. I wanted to make sure I spoke on that. When we talk about kids and we talk about teenagers and we talk about young adults, you know, I think another thing to look for is change in moods and withdrawing because there is so much pressure, like you were saying today bullying is a huge thing, both in person, but online and social media comes with a lot of pressure. And so, you know, look, I'm not here to be the bearer of bad news. Like we all know what's going on in the world that we live in. My stance is like, let's get ahead of it. Let's be aware. Let's talk about it. Let's not have it be this thing. That's silently growing in the background, let's be, let's have conversations with our kids about what's going on. Let's ask them how they feel. And that way we know what's going on and we're not caught by surprise, you know, when, when something happens that, that we can't control, we can get ahead of it.
1: Right. That makes sense. What, what are some of the best resources to do when you suspect something whether it be for yourself to to reach out to get i mean uh, obviously if you're individual or you can see something as a as a loved one or a friend you can you can ask how you're doing um if you recognize it yourself i can i can call you up and say hey katie you know I, i i i'm having problems i need to talk and that that's that's the easy thing but what are some of the other hard resources that we can we can do for somebody that's struggling with mental illness
2: yeah, I think in the local area, what I would recommend the most is looking into NAMI. So it's NAMI, dot org. And there's a lot of different classes. There's peer to peer classes, which means like they're taught by someone who has also dealt with mental health, right? So it's someone who is not above you, like they're going to present themselves as a peer. So it's less. Perhaps intimidating, more relatable. Family to family is taught by family members who have been impacted by mental health to other family members who who have been or are being impacted by you know people in their people in their family's mental health so i think those are really great resources to look at and then of course like i'm a huge fan of getting help getting support like going to talk to a therapist going to talk to a a psychotherapist you know a psychiatrist would be someone that you would go to if you wanted or needed medication but the first thing to do before you go that route in my opinion, I'm not a doctor, but is to try talking to someone and getting, talking to a professional and getting advice and guidance. If that's not your thing, maybe you hire a life coach. Maybe you work with someone in that capacity. They can't diagnose, they can't treat, but they can still help you around your goals. And maybe that's what you need to shake things up in your life a little bit and get back on track.
1: I never thought of that i never never thought about it, uh, the life coach and i that was something that I always somewhat questioned as far as uh, what is a life coach and what does a life coach do and and, and that makes sense to me that makes sense to me now Boseffort.org, B-O-S-E-F-F-O-R-T.org b o s e f f o r t dot org is where you want to go you 've got a ton of resources on your website as well you 've got nami AAC yeah. as well as uh, you know you 've got the partners with the luminous andronald Medical Center as well. You've got Bo's story that's up there. And, you know, you guys are doing, I, I mean, I'm flabbergasted when you threw that $500,000 in initiative right here in Anne Arundel County um, that Bo's effort has sent out. And this is really uh, quite a legacy that your brother is leaving behind. And thank you. it's, it, it's, it's stunning. It truly, truly is. And I do encourage anybody uh, I actually I don't encourage anybody. I encourage everybody uh, to check it just to go to Bose Effort dot org. Check it out. See what some of the resources are, because this is a problem. It's as common as the water flowing through your pipes uh, in your sink, unfortunately. And it knows no bounds, whether it's the poor people down the block or the rich people up the block or the white people or the black people, the gay people, the straight people. It doesn't matter. People will struggle with something. At any time through their lives, we all do. And we just need to be aware of it and be able to, to recognize it and, and to get it treated because, you know, the best thing in the world that we could happen is that there would be no more need for organizations like Bo's effort. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be happening anytime very soon
2: that's okay. We're ready to work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, 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 and your golf outing is uh, you know, I looked at the website, I noticed that it is completely sold out. So that's always a good sign.
2: We sell out every year, like two months in advance. So I really encourage people to like go to our website, get on the email list and be ready to sign up. Like, do not put it off because every year people are coming to us begging for a spot. And like, we just don't have spots. We're like thinking of opening up a second golf tournament. So yeah, get involved.
1: So where is the tournament at?
2: It's at South River. Oh,
1: that's a good course. That's a fun course yeah. down there as well. So do you always play that locally here in or in the general area? I mean, I know we're not just flush with golf courses, but I mean, you know, South River, Queenstown and just sort of in the general area.
2: We've been at South River since we started. We're exploring, you know, a second venue, but details to come.
1: Do you golf yourself?
2: no i'm a tennis player but i have to run the auction and do like five million other things so i wouldn't be able to play anyways
1: so it sounds like they gave you a golf cart to run around with some beer i mean
2: i I shake people down for money all day long for a really great cause so similar to what you're saying yes
1: that is a worthy cause. And, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you're very good at it, uh, to to be honest. So, uh, at at least you're honest. I shake people down for money (laughs) and and there is no shame in that at all. Um, Katie DePala, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And more importantly than that, thank you so much for the efforts that you and your family and all of your partners are putting into Bo's effort. And I think, uh, you know, Bo is someplace looking down on this, and uh, he's smiling and he's saying, "You know, my my life did matter," and um, and I think that's uh, you know, in, in the situation, you can't ask for anything more.
2: Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. I like that.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's local business spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net dot net for all your local news, events, and opinion.